Well, hello there. Producer Casey here. Hope your holidays are hopping along full of peace and love. And we hope you've gotten a chance to digest the masterpiece that is Peter Jackson's Get Back documentary. Huge thanks to all of you who tuned in for our live reaction podcasts on Twitch over the Thanksgiving weekend. Everyone who joined in on the conversation. If you missed those, you can find the videos in your podcast feed or at untitledbeatlespodcast.com. TJ, Tony, and I are taking some time to catch our breath and be with our families for the holidays. We've got some new episodes coming soon, but this week we thought we'd revisit one of our favorite early episodes and do our best Giles Martin remix and remaster, complete with tons more music and more gags. We're really proud of this one, and we hope you enjoy this super deluxe edition of Beetle Bottoms, originally recorded in September 2020. And as always, my favorite part... Take it, Tony and TJ. Take it, Tony and TJ. Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm going to get my cough out of the way. <clears throat> hit, hit the cough button. <laughs> well, welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. My name's Tony Mendoza. And I'm Tony Mendoza. And today we're going to take a quick look into Bad Boy. <laughs> TJ. Why did Ringo close side two with a man like me? Because I'm a man. And I'm really quite small. To anybody who cares, it's an opener. Hi, Tony. I'm TJ Shanoff. <laughs> Hi. The Second City's TJ Shanoff back when there was an entity called The Second City. <laughs> yes, and I, I also was affiliated with The Second City for <laughs> as a musician and a performer briefly on cruise ships. Yeah, man. You and I are the only cruise ship performers who do Beatles podcasts right now. <laughs> Very niche. Which is not a good thing. I want to make very clear. I'm not not a humble brag. It's a reason to call a therapist. <laughs> oh, no. I, I have a... Every Wednesday, I set mine up. It's, uh, <laughs> well, how are you, sir? I'm great, man. It's uh, talking Beatles with you is always my highlight of the week. So, uh, and we got a fun show planned for today. So, I'm great. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's dive in. We are... Since it's... I think this will air around Labor Day... Why not kick back, relax, and talk about your least favorite Beatles songs? Yeah, that's what I like to do. <laughs> I mean, part of the reason I regularly listen to the albums Two Virgins and Beatle Barkers is because I like my Beatles to annoy the F out of me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's only so many times I can hear Sgt. Pepper. I need to hear some shit that makes me insane. Right. <laughs> right. In fact, the Yoko song from Milk and Honey, Oh Sanity, can be a metaphor. It's <laughs> I do only, like that song. It's, I do, too. It's oh, only sane. sane to be insane. To be insane. A psychotic <laughs> builds a castle, a neurotic lives in it. A castle, a neurotic lives in it. Yoko was ahead of her time. That's right. I love how she ends that, too. Cut it out. Why don't you let me go? Let go. Let go. Cut it out. So we'll discuss our five least favorite personal Beatles songs. And we do have some caveats with this. This is so no covers. So these would be songs either penned by Lennon, McCartney, Harrison or Starkey. Or maybe in one case, penned by all four. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's, that narrows it down to one song. <laughs> <laughs> I think, right? Uh, only I one think of those. So. I think so. Gotcha. Yes, it could be a, a combination. Of, or it could also be a McCartney-Harrison song. Mm -hmm. 
or or a weird Lennon Harrison, which was was Cry for a Shadow Lennon Harrison. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's actually what I was trying yeah. to do. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, so it could be any any sort of those. And we also decided to keep it to the core catalog. So nothing off of anthology, one, two, or three counts. We just didn't want to be like, oh, your mother should know Take One is my least favorite Beatles song. Oh, and it's like, wow. Or the stuff that wasn't released, which we dealt with in last week's episode about help. Because on my list, you would have both That Means A Lot and If You Got Trouble. But since those <laughs> weren't released till the end, like stuff that would have been on Sessions – and that later appeared on the anthology. Like if it's on rarities, it applies. If it's on sessions, which was never released, but everyone, most people know about, that was the first stab in the mid '80s sessions uh, that Capital tried to pull together unreleased Beatles takes that was quickly dismissed after it had been announced. And then, of course, the anthology stuff from the mid '90s. We're not including like what's the new Mary Jane does not qualify on this. Yeah, which. Probably would make some people's lists. But. She looks like Peruvian <laughs> lamb. Hey, John, why don't you take a walk? <laughs> just go cool it. George played on that, too. He that did. Was John, George, and Yoko. Yeah. So those are the caveats. I want to say before we dig into this, I do think people secretly enjoy this, perhaps a little too much, you know? Like I was just on the Beatles Bible website the other day. I forget why, but I was looking up the song, She's a Woman. And, you know, it gives all the stats and blah, 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 blah. And then you go to the comments and like 90% of the comments are like, this song is horse shit. The lyrics are garbage. How dare they rhyme peasants with presents? <laughs> and just like, <laughs> you know, all an uproar about she's a woman. It's like, I love this band. Fuck them. I wish they never existed. I love this band. <laughs> Well, Tony, as you know, the most enlightening and intelligent comments are to be found in the comment sections. Yeah. Don't read the comments. I know. Why did I do that? I and don't you, know. You also, I don't want to detour too much, but you mentioned the Beatles Bible. Maybe you need more time with the Bible Bible. Gideon Chandow, <laughs> and he left it no doubt. We'll spit all over this microphone. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, well, let's dig in, man. Let's dig in. Do you want to start? We'll go from five, like our fifth least favorite, to our le super least favorite. Let's go to our fifth least favorite, to our very least favorite, and my fifth least favorite song. And we should, one last caveat. I think about most of these songs, it is fair to say that I don't hate them. Oh, right. Right. These aren't like, oh, God, I never want to hear these again. These are when taking in total the Beatles kind of recorded, quote unquote, official canon. These are the ones that are my least favorite. And at number five, no, I just became Casey Kasem. <laughs> Casey's top 40. At number five. Number five. A song about a dog who died and a woman who killed it. Um, goddamn death God dedication. It's some of the best audio. Just a god last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that, that's up tempo, and I got to talk about a fucking dog dying. That pre I've now said presage twice because I think I learned the word this week. But that presage viral videos of those cassette tapes of like Casey Kasem and other radio people being crazy in the late nineties. Yeah, Ernie Anderson. There was a bunch of Ernie Anderson uh, mm -hmm. outtakes. The guy who did the America's Funniest Home Videos voiceover, also Wes Anderson's father. 
Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. And you'll meet our special guest rocket balls tits. And you'll meet our special guest star fuck. My fifth least favorite Beatles song, not my first least favorite Beatles song, is you can find it on the mono and stereo version in different speeds. And it is a Paul McCartney song that he did not bring George Martin in to orchestrate. And I believe it is one of the most treacly Paul McCartney songs <laughs> ever committed to record. And that Great includes word. that includes Little Lamb Dragonfly, you Red Rose Speedway fans. It's She's <laughs> Leaving Home, which to me has a pretty lyric and certainly not an ugly melody, but goes on and on. The ghostly Lennon vocals in the background drive me nuts. Oh, the really? The orchestration is second to Long and Winding Road to me in terms of overwrought. Imagine the taste of George Martin's strings had he been allowed. Apparently, George Martin was was busy. So uh, Paul brought someone else in to arrange and orchestrate it. I'm always so happy to hear the opening progression of Benefit of Mr. Kite because it means she's leaving home is over. He go. <laughs> That is wild. Yeah, because I like that one a lot. That one is, I love the story about it. And did you ever read that book that had the story about it, about the actual, the newspaper clipping where he got the idea for the story about a, a teenage runaway who ran off with someone from the motor trade? Mm-mm. Yeah, there was a good book. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember the title of it, but they used to give the story behind every Beatles song and they caught up with her. You know, they, they found that teenager that the song is about and, you know, she you know, got her life together, whatever, settled down as kids and this and that. But she's like, yeah, that's, that's a Beatles song about me. You know, this just normal woman. It, it's, it's so strange because the songs, Sgt. Pepper in itself, such a weird album because there's so much kind of antiquated content. It begins with, it was 20 years ago today. There's a song about a woman who writes parking tickets, a, 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 a meter maid. Right. There's a song inspired by a serial commercial. There's a song about a carnival. There's a song about being 64. All of those to me feel satirical, whereas She's Leaving Home is played so straight. That's what gets me a little, what did she do that was wrong? I mean... Like, it's one of the few, quote unquote, truly conservative Beatles songs, I think, that that. <laughs> oh, now that, we're getting into it. <laughs> that, that that and Taxman are, are two of the more kind of conservative. Oh, that's funny, right? Taxman is just George fetching about like, I don't want to pay taxes. Uh, but yeah, so She's Leaving Home is is on that list of mine. You, and All right. You, you love it. I know you, that's a, it's a, a yeah, I like that one. Years, I right? mean, it's not in my top 10 by all means, but, uh, yeah, I definitely like that song. I, I like those Lennon. Is it just Lennon or is it Lennon and Harrison? It, I always thought it was both of them, but I, I love the backing vocals. Well, which speed do you prefer? I, I, I much rather hear it faster. I like that's the slower I one. I like the slower <laughs> one. <laughs> you and I are just yin and yang, Tony. We can't agree on anything. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye Well, okay. Uh, my fifth least favorite comes from my favorite Beatles album, The White Album. In fact, two of mine come from The White Album. Me too. Uh, <laughs> and my fifth least favorite song is the George Harrison composition, Piggies. 
Ooh, okay. Yeah. What about not my it? favorite? Do tell. Well, the harpsichord as a lead instrument is not my bag so much. <laughs> hey, if it ain't Baroque. <laughs> yeah. If it ain't Baroque, don't play it. <laughs> or, or do play it. Anyway. Uh, you know, it's got those big noises all over it. So it's a political song. And I actually am on the side of the politics. Like, I'm not, I, I don't like you know, scummy rich people. <laughs> like, so I'm with him on the sentiment, but I don't know, you know, to me, like songs that are of a political nature don't move me as much as perhaps songs that are about something more personal, something deeper, something, you know, again, I don't hate this song. Mm-mm. It's just that I listen to the white album a lot. If I'm going to put on a Beatles record, it tends to be the white album. So when this song comes on, I'm like, ah, okay. All right, we'll get through it, and then whatever's next. Martha, my dear? I forget what's next, but yeah. <laughs> For someone who listens to it so much, I forget what's next. It, yeah, what is next? Is it? Oh, my God. Is it Rocky Raccoon <laughs> is next? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it is next. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny, just interstitially, Tony. I've had Beatle nightmares where somebody says to me, all right, Beatle fan, name the entire running order of Beatles for sale. Where I go, huh? Well, you got the first three. The first, right? The f- first three are fine, and then rock and roll music. But like, oh god, where, where, where does words of love come in? Where, do, uh, you know, like there's right. It, it's, it's. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that album a million times, but it, it's, it's such a funny, like, you know, it, it's almost like Star Wars nerds or Star Trek nerds, where you have to know every little bit of trivia minutia. I actually think as my forties begin to kind of ebb into my late forties, I forget stuff. I like edibles. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the other thing with this song is that Not Guilty was also recorded in this for this record. And I just think I would prefer to hear Not Guilty in the place of Piggies. I'm really sorry that you're the fed, but like you heard me said, not guilty. And I get why they put Piggies on like that's that song is so unique sounding. Nothing else sounds like Piggies on anything. So mm. it makes sense that it's on the White Album, which has just everything on it. But yeah, if I was going to do my single White Album, I would get rid of Piggies, maybe put Not Guilty in it. It's place. a good little record. It's a bloody Beatles. Shut up. You know, I'm, I'm not a great one for that. You know, maybe it was too many of that. Look, what do you mean? It was great. It sold. It's the bloody Beatles White Album. Mm. Shut up. You know, one thing that redeems Piggies to me is I love the ending. I love One More Time and the orchestra was back in front. Bam, 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 bam. It's such like a, a funny, that to me, satire. It's like a commentary on an old school ending. Here's my note. We don't need it one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Now, hold on, because we're fans, we might have to go back here because I had to pick one thing I liked about each of these least favorite songs since we are still fans and we're still celebrating the Beatles. So uh, I do like the trebly nasal effect on his voice in the middle eight. I like that. Okay. Uh, them, and so going back to She's Living Home, I like that the mono version ends quicker. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess you mentioned that one already. <laughs> sort of a backhanded uh, pro, but OK. Yeah. And you you know, I will not I will not re-explain my McCartney bona, bona fides or bona fides or whatever you want to call it. I am a uh, I'm a diehard. But that's the beauty of being a diehard is we are able to be critical. If you're a diehard who cannot be critical, you're a cultist. 
I'm a Beatles diehard. So are you. We're not Beatles cultists. We're not in a Beatles cult, but we are. We both have our Beatle ashes on our our foreheads for each podcast. Well, that, I have my Beatle ashes in tribute to to uh, noted Beatle confidant Peter Ashes. <laughs> Okay, should I uh, go with... Yeah, what's your four? As the countdown rolls on. Casey's Top 40. My fourth least favorite is a White Album track that I think's the shortest song on the White Album, not including Can You Take Me Back, which is not Mm -hmm. technically its own song. Right. Uh, Wild Honey Pie is just (laughs) dumb excess that I will hear. I don't hate it. I'll hear it on the White Album anytime. And that goes into Bungalow Bill. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels like a nice transition. But again, in the 40 or 39 years I've been making Beatles mixes, be it on tape, CD, playlists, I have never put wild, not even to fill time. If I get a CD that I make for the car that runs an hour 18, I'll put on I'll Be On My Way or Bad To Me. I'm not I'm not putting on Wild Honey Pay to save my life. Oh, that's crazy, man. I love that song. I love it. <laughs> and that's Paul, right? Uh, well, Honey Pie is Paul. Oh, Honey Pie. I think Wild Honey Pie is John and Paul screaming, right? Yeah, I just, I, I hear Paul in that. To me, it sounds like one of those songs Paul would have put on um, Wildlife or something later on, or even McCartney, the first one. Ram. Yeah, Ram, yeah. Yeah, or McCartney. Yeah. Uh, at the end, when he goes, I love you. <laughs> that's Paul, but I always, it's funny, I hear John's voice in that more. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, to me, that like, Honey Pan. That's Paul or whatever. It's also Wild Honey Pie, I don't think is in a key. What key is Wild Honey Pie in? Well, ask Frank Black of the Pixies because they covered it. They used to cover it live. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They did. They, I think they even did it on Appeal Session. It's on one of the BBC on their BBC album. I've got a version of Fish singing it when they did the White Album in Glens Falls, New York. And I'm not anti-Fish. I'm not super hardcore pro-Fish. But it's just them screeping. It might be the worst cover. Other than here, here's Susie and the Banshees doing I'll Follow the Sun. Hot breakfast with the Beatles on XRT. Thanks, Terry Hammer. I don't ever need to fucking hear that. <laughs> yeah, but so I'm not a Wild Honey Pie fan. I feel like if I'm making my one disc white album, the bloody Beatles, if I'm making my one disc white album, Wild Honey Pie, no matter how short it is, is gone. He gone. He gone. What's a pro? We need one pro about it. Uh, the way it ends, that that McCarty, I love you. That, the the ending yeah. to me is at least funny. It saves it. All right. And All right. the way it transitions into the guitar intro to Bungalow Bill is kind of neat too. I agree. I think it's a perfect transition. And then also trivia that the Spanish guitar at the beginning of Bungalow Bill is actually a Mellotron. Mm. 
Oh, I don't think I knew that. Whoa. Yeah, that's a sample on the Mellotron, so they're just holding... It was like one of the tricks it could do. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so they're just holding one note and it plays that tape. It's not like someone vigorously playing the Mellotron like a classical guitar. Okay. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. My number number four goes back to 63, I believe, with a song called... Thank you, girl. Mm. <laughs> oh, you like this one? Well, we there. there's two versions of Thank You, Girl. I believe the mono doesn't have the annoying harmonica, and I, I actually love that one. I'll tell you what drives me crazy. This is yours, so I'll give it right back to you. But here's what drives me crazy in the stereo. Thank you, girl, for loving me the way that you do. Like Bruce Channels having an <laughs> orgasm in the hood. <laughs> is that the guy who, who sang Hey Baby who popularized the harmonic Bruce Channel or Channel or whatever the hell his I name is? I think. I, yeah. So, yes, <laughs> I, I love harmonica light. Thank you, girl. But please go on. I find the song to be, in the Beatles canon, one of their more annoying songs. Uh, yes, the harmonica is definitely an annoying factor. I find that the, the O's are a little strange. They go, ow, ow, yeah. I don't know, man. They sound, it's, everything's really cloying about this song. And I understand this was the, this is, you know, they're like 20 or whatever when they wrote this song. So I'm, again, I'm a fan. I get it. I'm just saying like, out of all the songs they've done, this one is like, all right, man, you know, you're, you're testing my patience. I think Paul's harmony is cloying. Even at two minutes and three seconds, it's still one verse too long. <laughs> <laughs> they should have honey pied this one. <laughs> That's become our new metaphor for. Well, look, I love Hey Jude, but they could have honey pied it. <laughs> yeah, wild honey pied. Wild honey pied. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, but what I do like about it is the end where Ringo does all those fills on the fade out. Ringo's drumming on that is great. So mm-hmm. it's not Ringo's fault. I don't like this song. Yeah, you're right. Ringo's outro actually kind of saves it. The Beatles were so great at making the endings of their songs interesting. As you know, I think my all-time favorite is Please Please Me. And the first minute and 40-some seconds of that song are brilliant alone. But then the end, all of a sudden come these power chords out of nowhere that you haven't heard or anticipated. The first time you hear that, you just jarred out of your seat over the harmonies. Thank you, girls. Another example that those Ringo kind of crazy spastic fills at the end. Save it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the best part of the song for me. But the rest of it, I yeah, I'll listen to the end of that song. OK. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I mean, I'll, I mean, if it comes out, I'll listen to it. I'm not going to, you know. Not going to protest it or whatever. <laughs> Dear Senator, today on my oldie station, <laughs> it's yeah. funny, now oldie stations are playing like Karma Chameleon and smells, oh, yeah, smells like teen spirit. Yep, getting old, getting old is 
getting old. Yeah, man. Hashtag <laughs> it and hash brag it. But Mono Masters versus Past Masters, I would say to that song is how I prefer. To I agree. If it gets rid of that, the harmonica further, hooray. There's also, I'm pretty sure, Thank You Girls on the Beatles' second album, where it kind of makes a little more sense on that album. Yeah, maybe. You know, that's one I never did pick up. Uh, I have it, and, you know, I've since picked it up when they reissued all the American records on CD, but I haven't put that one on in ages, so maybe it's, I'll do that. It, it's worth, that could be its own show, because I believe that the Beatles' second album and the American Rubber Soul justify the Dave Dexter era because there's no other record in the Beatles catalog that sounds like second album. It's mostly covers. It's all upbeat. Ooh. We'll get into that. Stay tuned. February <laughs> 17th when the Beatles second album drops. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We actually did release our Beatles second album episode in February. It was on the 5th, not the 17th, but I was still pretty damn close, TJ. That's why we always call you TJ Nostra Shandog. I love it. Here is my third least favorite. Number three. And there is, I think, an eight-minute version on bootlegs. And I think the one I'm referring to is just about 50 seconds. It's a transitional song on the Phil Spector New Phase Beatles album. (laughs) And it's a gift that they only gave us the edit because the entire version, God love you, Billy Preston, you kind of saved it. I'm referring to Dig It, (laughs) which is about as pointless. Like, if you want to call that Dylan-esque, that's an F you to Bob Dylan. It is just basically... This groove that never takes off with nonsense lyrics, citing pop culture and citing things. It's like a list. Uh, there'd be no we didn't start the fire without Dig It, and that's not a compliment. Now, hold on. Does that mean there'd be no R.E.M.? It's the end of the world as we know it. Well, it's funny you say that. I'm anti-R.E.M. largely because Michael Stipe in some interview about 20 years ago talked about how the Beatles meant nothing to him, how the Beatles were never an influence to him lyrically or musically. Wow. Uh, John Lennon didn't mean anything to him. And then after R.E.M. had kind of bit it commercially, they contributed a flaccid cover of a number nine dream to this Amnesty International John Lennon project. And I was like, yeah, what kind of fucking non-Beatle fan are you now, Michael Stipe, that now to get on some (laughs) compilation album, you're covering a John Lennon song. I thought he meant nothing to you, bitch. There's some R.E.M. I like, but in general, it's too Athens, Georgia jangly for my tastes. Uh, yeah, they're not my so much my bag either. Yeah, they have a couple songs. They're kind of like less annoying bare naked ladies. Wow, wow. Yeah, <laughs> they're the less Canadian bare naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Make bare naked ladies American again. If I had a million dollars. Would eat crafting. Of course we would. We just need more. Shut <laughs> up. 
God, they drive me nuts. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, no, get me out of the room. If they're playing in a room, I must evacuate. They, that's they do that's have, fire to me. They do. Dude, I was, we were having this lovely party. Somebody played Bare Naked Ladies. I yelled fire. They, they do have that song called Be My Yoko Ono. Haven't heard it. Won't, won't hear it. Oh, you sure will. Also, I'm very sorry for doing this. Be my, be my, be my, be my Yoko. Be my Yoko. Where are you with Dig It? Both short, short oh, official like version it. and long. I like uh, it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Why not? It's totally fun. And the, the thing on the long version is they start saying themselves. Like John Lennon's like, John Lennon. He says his own name. It's great. <laughs> John Lennon. Can you dig it? John Lennon. Can you dig it? Yeah. They're just having fun. They're just, you know, they're having a toss off, you know, and the <laughs> And the reels were going. <laughs> exactly, which is what 90% of the Let It Be outtakes are. Uh, the the new phase Let It Be. Uh, what yeah, I, new phase. What I like about it, I know Let It Be is not one of your favorite songs. Not only is it one of mine, but the Let It Be album version I much prefer with the much louder mix George Harrison guitar solo. I much prefer. And yeah. dig it as a transition into John's goofing around before... Let it be begins to me is a beautiful moment. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. That was Can You Dig It by Joe. That's it's it's <laughs> that that's a, yeah. because again, it's Beatles, it's it's a satire. And I don't I don't hate Dig It. These are our least favorite Beatles songs. Dig exactly. It does not make me angry. The long version will make you nuts. The long version's like a a step above what's the new Mary Jane. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, if we were still doing all those songs, What's the New Mary Jane would still not make my bottom five. You've lost your mind. <laughs> That's another one. It's like, hey, John, pick a key. What a shame that a Jane had a pain at the party. What a shame, Mary Jane. What a shame, Mary Jane. Oh, I love it. I totally get it. That's him rebelling against being the Beatle. He was, you know what I mean? I love that as a snapshot of that dude where he was at and just being like, oh my God, I, you know, I'm going to do this anti song. That's why they're cracking up and laughing. And now I can do without the four minutes of sound effects after it. <laughs> There's that. That's I can do with it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that song would still not make my bottom five. All right. So my bottom third, number three for me, bottom is uh, similar to Thank You, Girl, is a song called I'll Get You. (sighs) (laughs) Do you like that one? One of my favorite (laughs) early ones, the B-side that she loves you. Really? Also on Beatles' second album. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Something tells me I'm not going to like the Beatles' second album. Because <laughs> the other thing, here's the other thing. If if we didn't have to do Lennon-McCartney, like, original and Harrison Starkey, all my bottom ten would be covers. <laughs> really? <laughs> this, uh, anyway, that's just that. Okay. Yeah, Chains. Chains is my least favorite. If we're doing everything. Chains. My baby's got me locked up in chains. Chains. I never need to hear that song ever again. I, it's one that the original is definitely better. I think by the Danes, uh, possibly obscure yeah. black female group. I think 
I mean, it's a it's a Coffin King song, Goffin King. So it, after you know. Goffin died, it became Coffin King. <laughs> that's it's my, my favorite New Jersey funeral home. Come on down to Coffin King. Coffin King. Yeah, it's right next to Spatula City. Uh. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City. Spatula City. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. The UHF reference for you. Um. (laughs) All right, so this is the only time I think that they were like cashing in on the whole yeah, yeah, yeah thing, you know? They were going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I think the song is plodding. It's a little too slow. You know, it's one of those 63 songs. It's a little trite. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I just don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, I love the Beatles, but I don't like this one. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, I love yeah, I, I I love it for those reasons. I love the bridge. Well, well there's, there's gonna be a time when I'm gonna change your mind. To me, that's a, and their their tight harmonies. It felt like after the uh, she loves you on side A. I believe I don't know if it was ever on Capitol. I mm-hmm. think it was just on Swan. Swan is the label. Tolly or Swan was what she loves you was on originally in the states. Yeah, I don't know. And it's one of those I'm I, I'm going to I'm going to put my money on on Swan. I think Tolly might have been love me do, but the pre-capital thing when no American label wanted him, certainly not Capital. I feel like it was like a nice it, it it's it's like a dish of ice cream on a warm summer day. It's not the most complicated <laughs> song. Paul actually Paul's never done She Loves You live in concert, but Paul did I'll get you on his 05 tour. And I'd read about it before and I was so bummed because I wish I'd been in the at the United Center just hearing I'll get you out of nowhere live in 2005 would have been kind of cool. But yeah, but Paul brought it out live. Yeah. I think he liked this one, is what I read. It was written at Aunt Mimi's, and I think that plays a role in it, because she didn't approve of them. So to me, I felt like... Why don't you get a real job, John? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to write a song that, like, Aunt Mimi would approve of, you know, while they were in her house. (laughs) So it, it has that, like grandmother's B and B quality to it <laughs> for me. <laughs> now, the thing I like about it is in the middle eight, uh, as the Beatles call it, the middle eight where they flub the lyrics or John does. Somebody flubs the lyrics, not once, but twice. There's two fuck ups in there. Well, there's gonna be a time when I'm gonna change your mind. So you might as well resign. that they they kept that in they're like oh oh well <laughs> print it and, and print it well that's one of these songs that was never recorded in stereo on the Beatles second album it was that kind of fake duophonic stereo with she loves you but even on the regular past masters i'll get you and she loves you are both just in mono because it was never mixed for stereo there you go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we have a few. I we've we've not met in the middle on any of these yet, no, have we? No. Whoa. There's only you and me, and 
Shall we move on to my number two? Yeah, what's your two? Casey's Top 40. I'm Casey Kasem. We're just a hit away from the number one song in the land. But first, at number two. My number two is a tie. I, I'm allowed to have a tie. And let me say this. I am Jewish. I don't know if I've said that 15 times or not today. I, I am. I have no. It's 2020. I have no problem with Germans. My parents did for a little while. My parents are both gone. And, you know, my, for a lo- my dad didn't buy his first Japanese car till the early 2000s. I'll put it that way. My parents, you know, I think a lot of even liberal, open-minded people following the war were a little, you know, uh, close-minded and reticent on matters like that. Not proud of it. But there's something about hearing, come give me Dinah Hand and see Leap Dick. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's what it's two of the moments that has always made past masters. People are like, oh, past masters. That's that's like a true Beatles greatest hits album. What fucking greatest hits album features these one offs with approximated German? The uh, so, yeah, I, I don't need my Beatles in German. <laughs> I get Hamburg. I get the whole thing. I love German people. Germany at this point, Angela Merkel is like arguably the leader of the free world. Germany is a model country and has been for some time. No problem with Germany. I want to make that very clear. But these two songs recorded in German for the German market for EMI, Odeon or whatever their, their label was at the time uh, are ridiculous. Here's the only good thing I'll say about Sleep Dick. It's in stereo. Uh, uh, Come give me Dinah Anne. They just re they recorded the new vocals yeah. over the original track. Yeah. Sleep Dick was re recorded from scratch in studio, and it's almost a better sounding, better performed take of the instrumental. Yeah. Because yeah. it was after they'd already gained some fame and had even a little more juice going. So, yeah, that's my number two tie is the Beatles in German. I want to say that they even recorded that in France, maybe around the same time as Can't Buy Me Love, same session, maybe. I think when they were on tour, yeah. I forget, but that's the story I, I remember, yeah. Now, I notice you keep saying Sleep Dick. If Benjamin were an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines and dick. I like dick. Don't edit that out. We all like dick. I love my wife. I like dick more. What are we talking about right now? Oh, yes, I leave dick. That's what they say. It's spelled ditch, but it's, oh, yes, I leave dick. Yeah. Oh, yes, I leave dick. I always heard Sleep Deek. I always heard Deek, but the, I don't know. I don't speak German. My dad was a Spanish teacher. So. What's the difference is I don't just see dick, I hear dick. <laughs> thoughts on that i mean i get it i get it to me i always thought it was just kind of fun because i grew up catholic or whatever so i don't have you know the history it doesn't mean i don't have the empathy or anything like that i also wait you're, I also, you're one of those and i'm sorry tony for like the first 10 years i knew you you were like the holocaust is a myth guy <laughs> no i think you're mixing me up with somebody else <laughs> that, that's it's a joke Thank it's you. A bit, edit it <laughs> out. A it was just, just a, a joke. No. no, we'll keep the bit. <laughs> I love the bit. <laughs> Don't believe in Hitler. 
What's so funny is Come Give Me Dinah Hand was released in America on um, oh, um, on something, something new. new. Yeah. Whereas Sea Leap Dick didn't make its way till I think Rarities. Yeah, it's a it's a strange pairing. And, and another strange thing is that the Beach Boys recorded in my room in German based on the fact that the Beatles had done these German versions. As Why in my room? I don't I think it was my room was 63, I think. I think it was just around yeah. the same time. And they were like, I think they were thinking like, oh, if all the bands started recording things in German, you know, we could <laughs> conquer German. <laughs> Well, my number two also comes from that era. This is on one of my favorite. Actually, I think this is my. No, I I think Hard Day's Night is my favorite early album. But in second is With the Beatles. I love With the Beatles. However, my second least favorite Hold on, hold on. I know what's coming. I'm not going to pooch it. I swear on my life, if I get what you say right, I will tell you. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Little Child. Nope. I was going to guess Hold Me Tight. <laughs> oh, I like Hold Me Tight. Okay, good. good Hold Me, me Tight's too. one I really like a lot. And that was recorded during the Please Please Me sessions. Yep. A lot of people dog on Hold Me Tight. I like Hold Me Tight. No. This would be Little Child. <laughs> Great piano track. I'm surprised. <laughs> Tell me why. I love that one. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, well here's my notes. It's boring and loathsome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... But what don't you like about it? <laughs> <laughs> so this song was originally intended for Ringo. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, I just think so. It's like little child, little child, little child, watch you dance with me. Nah, 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 nah. So I that that whatever that is drives me crazy. Also, Paul admits that he nicked that I'm so bad in Disney. Or something. He nicked that off of a Disney thing, Robin Hood, Disney. Whistle my love. I'll hear you calling me High on a hilltop Or under the greenwood tree So I'm anti-Disney. I don't like Disney. I think Disney's a bad shit. It's garbage. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck yeah, Disney. Yeah, <laughs> but you gotta give Song of the South some love. <laughs> no. no, 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 I don't. <laughs> so, and then like with Little Child, we're also delving into that really strange thing that, you know, the Chuck Berry, the Gary Puckett stuff with the, how young is this little child? Fair. You know what I mean? Young girl. So if the girl in, I saw her standing there was 17, how young is this little child? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ah! Get me away from this song. Don't listen to this song. You can't even listen to this song anymore. Yes. Paul says later on in life, Little Child was a work job. Certain songs were inspirational and you just followed that. Certain other songs were, quote, right, come on, two hours, song for Ringo for the album. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe if Ringo was singing it, maybe I would actually give this a little more uh, leeway. Um, But yeah, the pro on this, I like Ringo's drum fills during the solo.
I think the solo is some of their best harmonica work on record. And the fact that the song starts with two chords and then a gliss on the piano right away is really exciting to me. I love the kind of piano <laughs> nature of this song. You're right. The lyrics are terribly creepy. Ringo uh, later on had his own creepy hit with a cover of You're 16, You're Beautiful, and You're Mine. Yeah. When in the in 70s. His, in his 30s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. We, I never did that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm glad people don't write songs like that I, anymore. I love, this is where you and I, even if we don't agree on all the Beatles stuff are in so lockstep with our pop culture. Cause Gary Puckett and the union gap, every song, <laughs> young girl, get out of my mind. He's having a nervous breakdown, and then <laughs> what? They're, they're, You're much too young, girl. <laughs> Lady yeah. willpower. Like every song was yeah. basically an invitation for abuse. Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah, horrifying. Yeah, different times they called out. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's true. I mean, uh, you know, uh, look at that era. I'm not defending it. I find it abhorrent. But Jerry Lee Lewis married a 14 year old cousin. Yeah. Chuck Berry's singing about Sweet Little 16. Yeah, and the, Chuck Berry whole... was in his 30s back then. Like when he got big, he was old. And that means we're up to the number one song in the USA on Casey's Top 40. Here's my number one. Okay. Let's hear it. Number one on the Beatles. And this isn't going to surprise you. We've talked about it a little bit before. But I think my Beatle bottom song, and I think one could make a case, the worst Beatles song ever written is Yesterday. No, 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 no. Um, I bought that for a minute. I, I have on, whether on 8-track or album or cassette or CD or any other format, never heard it on Real to Real. I know some would say this makes me not a real fan. I'll deal with it. I struggle and always have with the nightmare known as Revolution Number Nine. <laughs> I, I I'm just number being nine. honest with you. If number my Beatle cred goes out the window, nine. I do I get it? Do I get number what uh, they John especially was trying to do? Of number course nine. I do. As number an exercise nine. in what is it? Nine. Seven, eight minutes? Yeah, it's number like nine. eight something. I think on yeah. side four of the White Album. Uh, yeah. It it just. It really feels like the worst kind of pointless nightmare. And it makes me so happy that we haven't heard Carnival of Light because if they let <laughs> Revolution 9 out and there's and they're like, well, Carnival of Light might might make it cuckoo. Maybe I, maybe I trust the good folks at Apple, Calderstone, Universal, whoever the fuck owns all the music. So, yeah, I, I just I struggle with Revolution number nine. Well, you're not alone. I mean, I remember seeing something in the Chicago Tribune like way back in like 1989 or whenever it was saying like listing all the least favorite Beatles songs. And that was the number one. Uh, it makes sense because, I mean, technically it's not really a song. It has pieces of songs in it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Also, back then, number two was Mr. Moonlight. <laughs> right, right. Although a cover. That would have been on my list, too. Although I love the organ solo. If we talked about Mr. the organ, the organ solo. solo is amazing. Yeah.
that's actually a cover I don't mind. I I kind of like that one because it's different. It's interesting. I think I get bored with a lot of the other covers that are just kind of like blues blues based. All right, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a good preview for another episode. I love it. Now, wh- Revolution number nine is not on my list, and you could throw at me like, "Okay, you're you know you love you'll listen to Revolution number nine over Little Child," and it's like kind of for me. I get it because it doesn't annoy me when it comes on. And yes, there was a period where I would fast forward past that song. Um, you know, I heard it in eighth grade or whatever, and was like, oh, "Okay," and you know, but I've it's really grown on me. And like I said, I put it on that covers playlist on Spotify, the chamber music version of it brings out the music in it, which I actually have always liked. In the beginning, I like all that, like, I like the piano in the beginning while number nine is happening. Starts pretty. And then there's 750 left to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are, there's those moments towards the end where it's real dark and, but I like, I like, I mean, I don't like the image he's portraying but i like that through sound collage this is a way of seeing what a revolution sounds like and i feel like we're living in close to revolutionary times right now and this in a way revolution number nine is almost like the beatles song of the day (laughs) yeah that's a great point the way of the way it feels lately and here's in defense of that song why it's not on my list as well is because i can see like playing this song for people you know and being like and getting a reaction out of people, you know, being like, wow, you got to hear this. What do you think of this? And watching people's face, kind of like when people drink Malort, you know, for the first time. <laughs> yes. Revolution number nine <laughs> is to the Beatles what Malort is to drinking. Fair. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Malort is now celebrated, right? Yeah, by hipsters and idiots. <laughs> I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But I can't see that. You know what I mean? Like, I would never do that with something like Little Child. Like, oh, you got to hear this record. Tell me what you think of this record and put Little Child on you. They'll be like, OK, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's my defense of Revolution Number. All right, that's okay. my reasoning for why it's not on my bottoms list. OK, fair. And I don't begrudge people who love it and find it fascinating. For me, there were two moments of listening to music as a kid that gave me nightmares. It was this Revolution Number Nine because I used to listen to the White Album on vinyl and stare at the at the collage in the middle, right, right, uh, that that came with it, uh, which was like uh, ten times the size of me when I got into this. And when I would get to <laughs> when I would get to that side four, it would it would actually as a you know ten eleven year old give me nightmares. The only the time I got nightmares was the movie soundtrack of Hair, which I love. I mean, Hair to me is one of my favorite <laughs> musicals, but something about the movie soundtrack to Hair just gave me nightmares. Real quick, I did not mention one thing I like about Revolution Number 9. Let's hear it. The fact that the beginning of Good Night cleanses that palette in this weird, overwrought, Disney-esque kind of sweeping orchestral thing is very intellectually stimulating, very emotionally stimulating. And while I've never done acid, it almost always kind of felt to me like revolution number nine is kind of like a bad trip. And then good night begins and you're beginning to feel better and feel on earth again. So that's one thing I like about it. (laughs) (laughs) That it's over. (laughs) What you like about it is the song. Good night. (laughs) 
also on the White Album is Miley's favorite Beatles song. And I'm sorry, but it is uh, Don't Pass Me By. It's one of my the honorable first. mentions. Another one that's better <laughs> faster on the mono. Yes. Written Don't by pass Ringo. Me by. I guess he had this song kicking around for a while. It was mentioned back in 64, I guess. So they, it took him a while to get on an album. And yeah, it's... Uh, it, it sounds like a song that like an eight-year-old wrote. <laughs> you know? that's, hashtag that's Ringo. <laughs> you know, like, oh, good job. Good job on that song. Here, gold star. Good, good job. Everyone gets a song <laughs> on the White Album. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, and then the actual recording of it is just really, yeah, it's very mechanical. It does, it does sound like, you know, the Billy Bob and the Showbiz Pizza Band, like playing like dum da da dum da da dum da da dum the lyrics are just strange. I will say I like that, you know, you were in a car crash and you lost, lost your hair. Lost your hair. You were in a car crash and you lost your hair. It's a peculiar lyric, so I'm not, I'll give him that. That's at least interesting-ish. John and George do not play on this song. I think the fiddle is a little annoying. Even the fiddle player, Jack Fallon, agreed that the, the improvisational stuff he did at the end, he he was hoping they'd leave that off. And then he puts the record on and is like, oh, no, nope, they kept it on. <laughs> he Wait, referred it- to it as dreadful. And in the mono version, it's a crazier fiddle edit, right? Isn't it just a more yeah. bouncy, jaunty, weird thing? Yeah, it's a different... Yeah. They use a different piece at the end for that. Yeah, I just don't think that the song is up to, like, Beatles standards. You know what I mean? It's not a Beatles song. It's this, like... I will say it's original. I can't even sound like it doesn't sound like any other band. <laughs> like it sounds it's a weird song. It's kind of country, but it's not. It's like, you know, like, what is this? Song? The, the, the nitty shitty dirt band. <laughs> nitty shitty. The nitty shitty unclassifiable band. <laughs> and then I guess that's Paul on drums. This is like the third or fourth song Paul plays drums on, on the White Which Album. Which is weird that it's Ringo singing it, yeah. Yeah. And so my favorite thing on the song is when they clear and then those drums come back and kick it in for the very unnecessary <laughs> third <laughs> go around of it. <laughs> But that fill going in, go the ba dum bum ba da da. I, I like that part of the song. I would use, like if I was a crate digger DJ guy, I would just sample that part and make something out of that. And again, this is because I listen to the White Album a lot, so this song comes on a lot. Also, very close to Piggies. You know, like that's maybe why the album dips for me around side two or whatever. Um, it, yeah. One thing I like, and not one of my favorites too, in fact, it's my honorable mention list, which we'll breeze through a few of those in a sec. But one thing I do like is in meter and drums, it almost segues perfectly into why don't we do it in the road? There's kind of a weird rhythmic connection to the beginning of that song. Why don't we do it in the road? Yeah. I mean, 
The White Album was sequenced wonderfully, with yeah. the exception, I think, I still think Helter Skelter and Sexy Sadie should have gotten flipped, like they did on the cassette version. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But other than that, it's, uh, it's pretty masterful sequencing. Yeah. Okay. I can't argue with that. So R- Ringo's <laughs> your number one. John's my number one for Beetle Bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Rate the Beetle. Oh, well, Paul had the best bottom. Uh, he did. Beetle Asses. You know, look, we talk dick. Why can't we talk booty? <laughs> Next on Talking Booty. Um, here's a few. Uh, let me just throw a few of mine at you. Then you throw a few of mine at me. And yeah, then we'll, yeah. we'll leave our listeners to go about their day. Uh, Run for Your Life, uh, which Rubber Soul and the U.S. version in particular, I think, if forced to pick one, is my favorite Beatles album. I don't hate Run for Your Life the way a lot of people do. I will say it is the most overtly misogynistic Beatles song. It's violent. Yeah. It's threatening. I, again, almost... Uh, it didn't make my list because it it doesn't offend me in context. I almost feel like it's just John writing an old school kind of almost rockabilly rock song. Yeah, it was inspired by uh, Baby Let's Play House. Yes. Uh, which is where he got the line, I'd rather see you dead with him than to be with another man. baby. <laughs> That was just lifted from that song. And he's also saying, you know, uh, little girl a bunch in that, which is yeah. kind of what we talked about before, some of the creepiness of the the, the youth stuff. Flying from Magical Mystery Tour is... <laughs> you don't like I, that. Well, it, it didn't make my top five least favorites, but no, it is not like... and. I love Blue Jay Way. I love the Yellow Submarine stuff. I love All Too Much. I love Northern Song, only Northern Song. But I'm, I'm not flying to me. He's always felt like what a Beatles radio show uses as a bed to talk about what cover band is playing in Mundelein next week. <laughs> um, no, you're right. It, it has been overused in that regard. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the other <laughs> one I'll throw at you is as much as I love the composition of Across the Universe, the wildlife, not the McCartney <laughs> album, but the World Wildlife Foundation version yes, yes. where it's sped up. With the birds, the bird, get the birds and the things and the heebles uh, and the let it be. I don't believe I've ever loved across the universe until let it be naked when it was and some of the bootlegs, of course. But if we're talking about core catalog, when it was finally in the right speed and tone, it slowed down on let it be. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a it's sped yeah. up on the, the, the charity album. They slither wildly as they slip away across the universe. It just, for yeah. a gorgeous song with beautiful lyrics, it just never sounded right. John himself said a couple times he thought the recording of that was sabotaged by the other Beatles not taking it seriously. So I feel like the definitive way to hear that is Let It Be Naked. Pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my opened mind, possessing and caressing me. That song is not on my list of songs I like least. The recordings of it are. Okay, okay. I was going to say, because that's that one's definitely on one of my, that might even be in my top ten favorite songs it's gorgeous and it's introspective yeah. and even the nonsense lyrics are purposeful the whole thing is 
Yeah, it's it's a good it's one. it's poetic. I've just never enjoyed the way those are recorded. Those that are some of sense. my others. Um, some of my others are one after nine oh nine. Move over once, move over twice. Come on, baby, don't be golden eyes. Send a traveling on the one after nine oh nine. Sometimes I don't like just rock and roll music that has like blues progressions or whatever. Like I get bored with that, which is why a lot of the covers are on my least favorites okay. of all time. Um, what goes on from Rubber Soul? Not my favorite. Not my favorite. What goes on in your mind? Um, I actually quite liked that cover version done by um, was it Sufjan Stevens? I Drives think? me crazy. <laughs> what goes on in your heart? What goes on? I feel like it's 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 like somebody put the Garden State soundtrack on and never turned it off. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it's it, yeah, it's the Wes Anderson version of that song. Yeah, you're right. That and that's Sufjan Stevens. He has that confectionery cuteness going on with the instrumentation. Anyway, that's that version. Tell me what you see from help. We mentioned I mentioned that last week a little bit. Um, didn't make my bottom five. Tell me. It's all too much is is on is on there. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't hate like I said, I don't hate it. But as far as songs go that I listen to, Beatles songs I go to listen to it. And then they, they, there's a funny thing in there where they like get off time. Like you're yes. counting one, two, three, four, and then you're lost. They get lost in the song. <laughs> I should find that to be cool, but I always am like, where are they? (laughs) (laughs) I think they were asking the same question. Yeah, they got lost, which is cool. It's cool to see the Beatles get lost and then put it out. And I think that was one that was recorded at Trident or something. It wasn't recorded at Abbey Road, if I recall. I could be wrong about that, but I thought they went, you know, one of those eight track things. And I just thought that the stuff never sounded as good as it did at Abbey Road. Any of the stuff that's not at Abbey Road. Mm -mm. Even things like Baby, You're a Rich Man or whatever, I think. I love the low end. The beginning of Baby, You're yeah. a Rich Man is one of my favorite favorite intros. Boom, boom, and boom, that, boom, 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 boom. The cat, the, it's not a, it's not a, it sounds like an oboe, but it's the thing that was used. It's like a, uh, I forget what it's called. It's a keyboard. It's like an early 50s keyboard. Right. Early 50s. <laughs> There's <laughs> a keyboard that was used in like the early 60s, I think, and it could only produce one note at a time. You couldn't play chords yeah, on I'm it. Forgetting the name of it, too, but that's what gives that almost that Indian sound. Hello. I managed to get my hands on a real vintage beauty of a machine here. This is the Clavio line uh, or Clavio lean. I don't know how it's 
pronounce, excuse me. Before we wrap, you know what I think is interesting? There are a lot of Beatles fans, maybe a lot is a strong word, who don't love the Indian stuff, who don't love Love to You, who don't love Within You, Without You, who don't love The Inner Light. I don't know that they're all my favorites, but I feel like they're so important within the context of the Beatles catalog. The Inner Light might be my favorite because George is so clear on that. And it's sparse. And as a B-side to Lady Madonna, it's just perfect Beatles. Like, one side is great crazy. One side's different great crazy. Father one travels, the less one knows, the less one Yeah, when, I think when I was a teenager, I didn't dig the Indian stuff, and now it's definitely grown on me. I dig it. Like, yeah, especially the inner light. I think that's the most compositionally fruitful of the songs. One of the travesties of uh, the otherwise brilliant Capital Hey Jude compilation is it had almost all of the singles on it and left uh, the B-side of Lady Madonna, Inner Light, off of it. So Inner Light was not on an American Beatles album until Rarities in 1980, which is weird. Because yeah, it could have been on, that on is Hey weird. Jude. Yeah, ought to been. And then one last one, Drive My Car. Beep, 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 yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't like that one. <laughs> it's not my favorite. Not my favorite. That's so funny. To me, it is such a great take on like mid-60s British soul that almost feels like a precursor to Got to Get You Into My Life to me. Yeah, maybe. I think it's it might be the lyrics. You know, I just don't care. I'm like, I don't care about your car or whatever. I don't know. It's about materials and shit. I don't know. It's not my bag. I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. Not my thing. I third time I've said my bag today, by the way. <laughs> Tony's Beatles bag. I think, I, think, I think it's a Count Basie record, too. <laughs> Again, I don't hate it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not my favorite. Not my favorite. Hated it. Hated it. Uh, I hate come together. I hate get back. <laughs> I hate a hard day's night. I mean, I've been pretending to like the Beatles for a very long time. And if this podcast out outs me as a poser, I can't even speak today. <laughs> well, uh, that was, uh, again, another great episode. And who else to call an episode great than the people who are doing it? That was our best one. Oh, so everyone's our best one yet. Like improv, it just gets better. Yeah. Yeah. We are the pinata full of Beatles, man. Pinata full of Beatles, dude. This That's what we should have called this. What are we thinking? Let's erase every podcast we've made. <laughs> no, we'll re-record it. Yeah, we'll transcribe them, re-record it. Yeah. And then start charging like 15 bucks for each one of these. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was the ball. Tony, next week, as you know, we're going to kind of really dig into Ringo's Bad Boy album. I can't wait. I, I, I'm i all geared up for and it. I is, got my Ringo. Tony and I argue a bit offline. We get along great when we do the show, but we fucking hate each other when we're offline. Because we can't see eye to eye. Tony's favorite song is Monkey See, Monkey Do, whereas mine is Lipstick <laughs> Traces, and we're going to have a Ringo off next week. <laughs> Ringo off. Ringo off. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 
My name's Casey Kasem. For a look at your favorite stars every week, join me for my TV show, America's Top Ten. And until next week, when once again we'll count down the 40 biggest hits in the USA, keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the stars. And leave your dial tuned right where it is. Casey's Top 40 is brought to you on the Westwood One Radio Networks by Doritos Brand Tortilla Chips, the snack that bites back. And by Oxy, strong acne medicine. Got zits? Oxycutum. 